Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 77. Uh, this week we're looking ahead to the summer tour to South Africa and we're asking who should be rested um, and who should be taken along. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. Slightly later than, than usual, um, but uh, we just thought after the uh, after the, the stress of the Six Nations, uh, we'd just take a few extra days uh, to compose ourselves um, before we pick things back up again, as we're doing now. Um, I'm joined, of course, as usual by Dan. Hi, mate. Okay, hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, it's time to turn over a new leaf, focus on the positives and focus on moving forwards and what the future holds for this England side. So uh, I'm uh, I'm keen and I'm ready to get stuck in. Yeah, I think so. I, and actually, in fairness to us, I think last week we, we came out quite positive overall, saying, looking at the positive parts. Um, and we are still positive, but there definitely are still questions uh, that need to be asking. First of which, so I'm going to jump straight in with uh, a question I have for you, actually. So... I remember post 2003 and it was in a, there was a documentary done on obviously the World Cup winning guys. And as part of this documentary, um, the reason I remember this is because I only watched it the other day is Johnny Wilkinson said that the thing about that England squad is that once you went away from camp, it was an environment that you knew you wanted to be part of. So when you went back to your clubs, you did everything you could to ensure that the next time an England squad was um was announced you were part of it and it sort of it energized you whereas here's so i guess here's where i'm going with this maro toje after the weekend uh who ha- he had a great game man of the match performance didn't look at all tired didn't look at all you, you know sort of contradicting what we said but he said it's great to be back in a sort of loving environment and friendly was he referencing england is is there perhaps a part of that england squad when they're not feeling the love where they're not sort of desperate to be part of it because it doesn't quite have yet, doesn't quite have that sort of same aura that perhaps the sort of 2003 squad does. Do you, do you think there's any legs in that? Um, n- no. Yes and no. I think, I think let, let's not forget the 2003 squad and Johnny Wilkinson and what he's saying. It's coming from, it's coming from the point of view of a World Cup winner, a World Cup yeah. winner. Um, you know, Post post having done that, post having won that World Cup, and so I think you know, when he looks back on his time as part of that England squad, he, he, I, I would imagine that it's almost impossible not to focus on all the highs of which the there were obviously plenty. Uh, yeah, I think probably. Um, I mean, you know, I'm speculating, but I would I would imagine it's very difficult not to look at it with rose tinted glasses. You know, you, if you look at these England boys. I imagine that if it wasn't for the fact they've just had, you know, the worst Six Nations in however many years it's been, um, they would probably have fairly rose-tinted glasses too because they've had a pretty phenomenal two years. Um, so, you know, pre this Six Nations, I'd imagine they were all pretty high on life. Um, and obviously you come off let's a campaign... Let's hope that's all. Well, yeah, well, yeah, let's hope so. Um, but, you know, you come off a campaign like this, uh, I don't think you can help but feel down um, and feel like it's not a particularly loving environment. You've got, you know, the media, the fans are all on your case. You know, how loving can it be? I mean, you would like to think that Eddie Jones is giving them all uh, a lot of abuse in the changing rooms to try and get them to turn this sort of thing around. Uh, so it's probably been a pretty tough six or seven weeks 
uh, for these guys, or well, certainly a tough sort of four or five weeks, the, the, you know, the, the, the latter four or five weeks. So I would imagine he's probably thinking, he's probably reacting to the, to the previous four weeks and he's come back and maybe a lack of media training has just meant that he's said, said the first thing that pops into his head and, and now it's easy for us to kind of jump on it and go, oh, is the England environment really toxic? And I don't think so. Uh, I think, you know, these guys, it's weird because before this Six Nations, we, we looked at this squad and we looked at Eddie Jones and what he's doing with this squad. And it was like, yeah, Eddie Jones pushes them harder than they've ever been pushed before. And they train up higher than, you know, more intensely than match fit match uh, intensity. And, you know, they're all loving it. And it's great to see they all want to be involved and everyone's fighting for a place. And so you would think the opposite. So I, I personally think it's down to the last four weeks of that Six Nations campaign uh, and the impact that losing has had on a, on a, on a team that doesn't, you know, up up until that point, didn't really know how to lose. Bar that so, one game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. And like you say, it's so easy to, you know, you have a bad few weeks. It's so easy to jump on these things. But another part of me, sort of, I guess, a bit of a follow-on from that question, as you mentioned there. So, Eddie Jones probably is giving them bollocking in the change room. We we know, sort of, in life and rugby and anything, not everyone reacts well to that sort of necessarily constants of pressure bollocking some people do need a bit more molly coddling is there a danger and i'm not saying there is i'm sort of asking what your thoughts are do you think there might be a danger that some players don't react well to this and then maybe we might be missing missing some tricks not necessarily having the best players because some players don't necessarily react as well to eddie jones's style as uh as as others do whereas you, you know you look at other environments perhaps a joe smith environment where it seems like the players are treated a lot more as individuals. There's not necessarily one way of, you know, everything's brutal, everything's on the edge, everything's harsh. People are treated more sort of about what what's going to sort of motivate them individually. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, so, again, this sort of a two-part part answer. Um, yes, I've just said that Eddie Jones will be giving him a bollocking. And in my head, when saying that, I'm picturing him in the changing rooms at half-time or at full-time, you know, immediately sure, after sure. the game. Um, and I think at that point, it's okay. I don't think you need to worry too much about how players react because you kind of expect it. You put in a bad yeah. performance. I think, I think though, uh, with Eddie Jones, actually, that isn't his style. I think he trains them hard, for sure. But um, there was a very interesting... Uh, interview video interview that was that it wasn't done by them but they posted it by the the guys of the 1014 um rugby blog uh you can find on twitter they're brilliant guys for for statistics you, you and love analysis guys, well they just they have some really good they stuff sound really good yeah. um and they they posted a video uh and it was basically eddie jones talking about what it what it is that you know what it takes to be a world-class uh coach and this was when he was back with japan uh, so he may have changed, but I would imagine that his coaching style is pretty much what it's always been. And actually, he he was the one saying in that exactly what you've just said, is that everybody is individual. And one of the most important things in the early stages of coaching a, a new team is to identify how each player reacts to, to different ways of encouragement. You know, some of them, they want to be told what they're doing wrong so they can go and what they need to improve on so they can go and get better. Others need to be told what they're doing right so that they can kind of feel sort of full of confidence for the things that they're doing, you know, correct, rather than focusing on the, the, the negatives. And and he made a, a real kind of song and dance about how important it is to look at each player as an individual. 
um, and focus on the best way to coach that person. So I, I think he probably is doing it right. But I, but I just think that from, a, you know, and maybe Mauro Toji is one of the guys that likes to be told what he's doing wrong, but it's still kind of hard, to, you know, it's still tough to take. And so when you, someone pops a microphone in front of your face and says, what's it like being back with your club? You've just had a man of the match performance. You kind of go, uh, 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 yeah, it's great. Loving environment, loving life, not feeling tired yeah, at all. Sure. You've all been abusing me saying I'm too tired. You know, I've just done that and not really thinking about the, the impact that that has. Not that I think he has to. But it's obviously then easy for us and, and you know, the other media outlets to sort of jump on that and go, ooh, is there problems in the England camp? I don't think so. So, so a few points there. Firstly, good answer, completely shit on my point. So thanks, Akers. Thanks, I thought that's how we do this. Thanks, Eddie Jones. <laughs> I thought that's uh, how we do this podcast. And, and secondly, you referred to us as, uh, as media you to other media. <laughs> yeah. Do we consider ourselves a media outlet? Why not? Why not? <laughs> sure, it's, sure, it, I'll go with it. It's a new type of media outlet. As yet, uh, yeah, it's called, it's down the pub media. Oh, down, down the pub media. That that is one of my favourite types of media. Yeah, uh, but there, yeah, that's that. That's my response. But I'm, I'm quite, you know, it probably seems like we uh, we pre pre planned these questions. We didn't. This was off the cuff. No, I don't pre plan a question to completely mug myself off. So yeah, like, <laughs> they're not pre planned. You, uh, but yeah. Anyway, but but you know, as, as as much as you may like have liked that answer, check out the ten fourteen guys. Uh, I know. No, not, mate, I, I've, I've had a look at them. They're good. I do. Yeah, I do enjoy their stuff. I was talking to our listeners. All oh, right, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you check them out too, mate. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I think I think we're still probably at that point where you know the guys are they're just they're kind of still reeling a little bit. I think, um, and the, you know, it probably it, it probably speaks quite. You know, volumes to to the kind of the mentality they had going in, which which you know important to learn this lesson sooner rather than later. You, you know, you can't go into any game expecting to win. Well, maybe expecting to win. Maybe you can, but do you know what I mean? You can't go in thinking it's you don't have to do anything, and it's just the win's just yours because you you deserve it, or on paper you're the better team uh, because you get shown up as as England did. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's true, and. Actually, another thing, I'm going to use another quote. And when they was listening to the, um, I can't remember which one it was now, I think it was a, uh, a BBC Sport podcast with uh, Hugo Monia, and Jamie Heaslip was on there. And he said this in a different meaning to what I'm using it for, but they said, what's one bit of advice you'd use? And he, he said that talent is um, talent is nothing without discipline. Now, he meant that more in an individual perspective, as in you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't, if you don't, you know, train hard and have the discipline to do that, it comes to nothing. But actually, I think that's something that England needs to look at from a team perspective. So, yes, amazingly talented players. Yeah, great players. But our lack of discipline on the pitch, and I am taking this very literally, but oh, you're right, our lack of discipline on the pitch has shown that all that talent, if you keep giving away penalties everywhere if you keep messing up when you're in position it, you're making your life like 10 times harder if not well, impossible near so, on, i was going to say near and impossible at this at this level and i think that's the yeah. key thing as well you know it's all well and good looking back at looking back at the six nations and going or any competition and sort of saying oh well you know we gave away 20 penalties not that they did but you know we gave away 20 penalties against italy and we still won um you know there aren't most of the games you're going to play most of the important games you're going to play are not going to be against teams where you can get away with giving away 20 penalties. Yeah. You know, Clive Woodward said it um, back in the day, you know, it's got to be single figures. 
you know, yeah. to, to win at the highest level. Uh, Eddie Jones, I I think, believes the same thing. But England were giving away a lot of penalties at the time and he was trying to deflect. So he was like, oh, you know, top teams give away penalties. I don't think he really believes that. I think he also believes, you know, single figures is, is what you want to be targeting. Um, and 100%, it's... it's it's surely the most important thing. Well, it's it's we're not going to go in go over and over the same things, but you know, discipline and that breakdown. If they can get those two things sorted, then then I think it's a completely different looking England side. I I may I agree, and and Eddie, like you're saying, when he says that, so it's it's frustrating from a fan point of view because he's so hard to read. But this is not me having a go at him because it's also one of the things I respect most about him, like. What he says, you have to take the pinch of salt. But as a payoff, it does, like you say, it deflects a lot of attention away from the team, which I think is his, you know, large motivation. So although it sounds like I'm having a pop at him for doing it, it's actually something I respect a lot about him and the way he approaches it. So, it, you know, it's hard to know what's been said behind. I, I think before in England camps, he probably got a better idea of what was actually happening behind closed doors, whereas with Eddie's camp, I find it a lot harder to sort of really get an idea of, of the dynamic going on in that camp at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, go on. I was just going to say. So the next, the next thing we probably want to look at is um, is kind of the, the the next the next phase for England, and obviously that's the, uh, the South Africa tour. I mean, we 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 briefly touched on it last week, uh, but I think that's probably where we want to start focusing. Um, unless there's anything else you want to cover before we hit the no, 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 I was looking to do that. Like you say, we, we did we did mention it last week, but actually we've had a another week for those thoughts to uh, percolate in my in my brilliant mind. So I've I've got some uh, I've got some views some views pearls. myself. Some, some absolute stonkers. Well, before we well before we jump into it, and and we're doing this. Um, well, we we talked about doing this anyway, but uh, it's been great to have some feedback from from one of our listeners, so Andy McCurley. Uh, you got in touch with us on Facebook. He said, uh, "Hi, fellas. Do you think there's any benefit to taking a whole second string of players uh, for the tour to South Africa, just to see if they're a good group of players that can tour together, and also to give the current players a decent amount of time off?" I'd certainly like to see how our up-and-coming players perform against tough opposition. So, so, so my thoughts on that are take a whole second string at the moment. I, I don't think you take a whole, a whole second string. I think the more I think about this, the more I think you do rest uh, a lot of players, particularly those Lions players, maybe other players who might have just been involved in England, but maybe are in premiership finals or whatever, who've played a lot of rugby. Um, we don't need to go through them individually. I think people know who they are. Eddie will know who they are. And yes, I agree. I, I want to see some of the up-and-coming players, but I only want to see these up-and-coming players if they are realistic prospects for 2019. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't see much point. Like, even like Jack Maunder on the tour uh, last year, you know, Scrum Half, when he went to Argentina, it, it, it was kind of pointless because then... You know, and at the time, Eddie said he's picked the best people available. But as soon as there's an injury to scrum half, Richard Wigglesworth comes in. Next in line was probably Dan Robson. Jack Maunder's not really in with a shout at the moment. I think and, I agree. Just to, I want to just briefly stop you there and just say, I think the Argentina yeah. tour is a completely different beast. I think that was about Agreed. identification um, mm. rather than rather than who is next. Because and, and Eddie, of course, Eddie Jones is going to say I've picked the best guys available because he doesn't want to turn around to the players that he's got with him <laughs> and say, "Hey guys, you're all shit." 
but you know, I picked some good but, players, but you're, you're, but you're young, so I thought I'd give you a crack because it's a bit of a laugh, you know, it's a bit of a joke tour. You know, it, I, I think that was about identification. Are there a handful of people amongst this group who have the potential, possibly before the World Cup, but but certainly, you know, looking beyond it to to become the next crop? And I think that was what the Argentina tour was about. Um, I'm with you. I don't think that's the answer. Now, I think if, if England had done the Grand Slam and they, they'd performed brilliantly in all their games and, you know, we were looking, pretty much looking at our World Cup 23, I'd be inclined to say, why not? Give, so, give, give the World Cup squad a rest and, see, you know, give, give, give these other guys a chance just, you know, as much as anything else, just for, for a bit of experience. But that's not the situation that we find ourselves in. So... I agree with you that we do need to rest players. We need to rest certainly key players. I think anyone who's almost guaranteed their position should be rested. I think the the Lions obviously uh, should be rested. Um, but there's going to be one or two positions where you know there's still a lot of a lot of, and I think the back row is is in particular because of the problems that we've had in the back row with the with the breakdown and everything else. I think we have to be looking at. You know, is there someone else out there who's ready to put their hand up? Who can who can become our our specialists at the breakdown? I've told you this a million times, Don Armand. Well, Don Armand obviously is now is now you know he's broken through. <laughs> yeah, and 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 it'll be interesting to see. I I hope to God, and I'm sure he will go on the South Africa tour. Uh, I'm sure uh, Sam Simmons will. I, I think we mentioned this last time. Actually, from a back row perspective, I think pretty much all of them can go. Yeah. Um, you've also still got the Curry brothers in my, Tom Curry yeah, but, yeah the, the Curry brothers in my head this is not having um, a Laws or an Atoje as a back row I, I would actually like us to move personally I'd like us to move away from that now and be like do you know what they're our second row now so our back row are Hask, Rob Shaw Billy, Nathan Hughes Sam Simmons, Underhill Don Armand, Jesus, we've got a lot of quality players there, the Curry boys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but I agree with you. I, it's, it, well. I agree with you. It's about getting the right balance. Um, and, you know, it's having guys that can do what what England needs to do. And, you know, maybe we talked about this during the Six Nations. Maybe the, the game plan has been wrong as far as the breakdown's concerned. Because, you know, these are, there are guys in there who know how to do it. They know how to compete at the breakdown. They're just not doing it. So is that a game plan um, in order to in order to give them numbers? in the line and, and, you know, not commit as many players possibly. Um, but it's now time to say, okay, look, we need to have people who are specialists at doing that. We need people who are going bull hunting. That's their, that's their, one of their main roles. One of your favorite hobbies, isn't it? Bull hunting. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so sorry, sorry. I, I'm really laughing at my own joke there. And I don't know why it was pretty crap. Oh, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> Sorry, mate. I'm, I'm actually going to give myself me to and sleep everyone else, that me and night. everyone else listening <laughs> didn't realise um, what what I wanted to ask you okay so which players coming in potentially going on that tour who are you most excited to see who are you most excited like on that because let's face it South Africa are now going to pick their best players that they're not going I don't, I don't actually know what their policy was before but they weren't picking um, I think they were only picking South African-based players. They are now picking players worldwide. So they will have a good team. They'll have a very proud team. They've been wounded as a nation from a rugby perspective um, and, and a lot more, but that's not really for us to discuss. But 
from a rugby perspective, they've been wounded. They're going to want to come out. They are going to want to dominate England physically, so mentally and on the and on the um, score sheet. So, which which England players are you? Do you really want to watch potential England players? Are you excited to see and do you really want to see out there? To, to be honest with you, because of what happened in the Six Nations, it, for me actually, it's the guys that it's the guys that are part of the existing squad. It's wanting to. I want to. I want to see them. I want to see them turn things around. Um, okay. I'm, I, I imagine you're talking about the the people that are going to be called up. Yes, I, I was more. I, I was. So, so let's take away the sort of. You, you know, you can use fringe players. So, so for me to answer that question, to help me, the the three players I'd love to see most would be. Um, out there and getting some, some good game time would be Luke Cowan, Dickey, Don Armand, and Manu Tuolagi. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't disagree with either, any of those. I think, you know, Luke Cowan, Dickey obviously has, has shown that he's the next in line. Um, and obviously he's in, he's in uh, pretty, pretty special form in the Premiership. Don Armand seems to have, have just broken through to Eddie Jones. Um, I know he was out in Argentina. Um, but hopefully, you know, he's done enough that Eddie will not only want to take him on tour, but but be looking at him very seriously. Um, and who was your third? Uh, Manu. Oh, yeah. And well, and, and this, so this is interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, Manu's just gone off injured again. Um, but yes, yes. As, as yet, the, the details are limited. Um, what, I, the, the best I've been able to find, or the, the, most, the most positive I've been able to find was... Um, uh, apparently, uh, Matt O'Connor, who's of course the Leicester head coach, uh, has said that it is a pec issue. Uh, it's the other side, so it's not the one that caused him, you know, gave him, caused him to, to lose six months. At the, you know, the, I think that was his first big injury, wasn't it? Um, but it's the other side. They they know that it was a problem because it was Manny that said, "I need to come off," and apparently that's not something that he does unless it's serious. Um, but apparently, in the changing rooms. Uh, after the game, he was quite confident that it wasn't a major issue, um, and they're also now talking about how it's a good thing that there's a week off for Leicester um, to give them a little bit more time to recover before their before their next game, which I think is against Bath at Twickenham. Uh, so they've got two weeks off. So the fact they're talking about the fact that you know a couple of weeks gives him a bit more time to recover it makes me feel a little bit more positive that it's not a serious. Uh, I a lot yeah, of- I feel. Yeah, sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, you know, there's a lot of fingers crossed when when I say that because I really think it would, I think it would be a real shame if I think this is Manu's last chance, um, which is a slightly weird thing to say, but I think it's not his his fault that he's getting injured, but I think that from Eddie Jones's perspective, if Manu Tuolangi is injured again and can't go on tour to South Africa, I don't think there's another opportunity, realistically, to say let's bring in someone that hasn't played for England in over two years. In case he's someone we need for the World Cup, yeah, I, I think it, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. I think it'd be very hard to do that, um, sort of as from next year, which is the, you know, and by next year I mean next rugby season, actually. So yeah. let's look at it from a season perspective. Um, but I, I think you might be right. I think if there'd been a serious injury, um. And, and I think first he would have known by now and they would have said, like, Manu tears Peck out for eight weeks. I think we would have seen something along those lines yep. by now. Um, now, that is me. Obviously, fingers crossed. I, I have no idea. Maybe it takes longer to diagnose these things. I, I'm, so I'm so basically, we're calling bullshit on, uh, on, the, on the Rugby Union podcast. 
No, 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 because uh, there was, I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard something where they said it could be out for South Africa, but they did say if it's a pet tear, the chance are he'll be out. They didn't say Mate, he had it. You said to me before we did this that the Five Live Rugby Union podcast with Ugo Monier don't know what the fuck they're talking about and that you're calling bullshit. <laughs> well, okay. That is what you, Dan Wood, said about, <laughs> about, U- about Ugo Monier. I love that pod. I love those guys. But fortunately, guys fortunately there, there's absolutely you're no chance. You're my heroes. I love you. Fortunately, there's no chance that he's listening. So uh, Yeah, yeah, true. You're, you're okay. Um, but no, Manu, Manu and I, I'd love to see Manu out there. I'd love to see him get some good game time. Would you like to see uh, him tearing up trees? Ripping up roads. Fuck, man. We've been through this. We, I, don't, I don't like tearing up trees. That's why I made my, my own one, ripping up roads. Okay. It's not caught on. No. Not no. even amongst myself. A bit, bit like Toodles. <laughs> toodles has definitely caught on. Uh, okay, so, so no, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it'd be great to see him out in South Africa. I really hope that we, that we do, because I think, uh, I still think he's a, he's a vital part of the England setup. And he just, you know, in terms of giving England options. Um, and in a World Cup where you have to be able to do that, I mean, that's the ideal scenario, is it, you know, because the trouble with the World Cup is you play so many games. If you have just a very small core group, really your game plan has to be the same for every game. And either that's good enough to get you all the way through or it's not. Whereas I think if you've got a a decent sort of variety of players, you can start to change it up a bit depending on who you're playing in order to get the best results. So I think, you know, Manu Tuolangi would be a a big loss to England um, if if he's unavailable through injury again. So yeah, fingers crossed for him that it's nothing too serious. Um, as we said, Don Armand, I think we will see him in South Africa um, and I think it will give him a real good chance to to really state a claim um, to that England back row, um, whether it's starting or, or, you know, as a finisher or whatever, but uh, certainly be part of that, that main, the main squad. Um, and then I... Do we know I, when uh, Billy V's back? I don't... I, no, I don't actually. I'm, I'll have a look, but, um, but that's got to be quite soon. Yeah, because I'd like him to. I'd love to see him in South Africa as well, actually. Uh, well, I think, and I think if he's fit, he he's surely got to go. Because yeah, despite yeah, being a line, yeah. I know oh, well, he wasn't a line. He missed that too. So yeah, absolutely. Um, he'll need the uh, he'll need the game time. Uh, but that would be, and I think that would be. Good. You know, we talked we've talked in the past about how he raises the game of people around him. I think that would be valuable to certainly some of the guys that are, you know, people like a Don Armand. But you know, Billy is a is a big ball carrier, um, and I guess this is where the Don Armand thing becomes a problem. If Don Armand wants to be, you know, out on the wing and carrying, being a ball carrier too, and just got to make sure that it's the right balance of players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, well, I'm I'm sure if, I'm sure if Eddie tells him to play a certain way, he will play that way. Um, I think Don Armand will be a good person to have out there because South Africa will undoubtedly be as physical as they can and Don Armand's not shy um, to get involved in that that physical side of it. I am just reading that, uh, and this is an old post from from kind of late January when the injury, uh, you know, occurred, if you like. Uh, 12-week recovery period, they reckon, so April. So back then they were suggesting April would be his return. So, okay. we should know more, I would think, in the, in the next few weeks. 
So, so you'd think that he would be he'd be going on that tour, assuming nothing, you know, assuming it goes. I think so. Yeah, it goes I mean, to time frame. He certainly will have had enough time, given that he plays for Saracens. I think he'll have he'll, he'll have had enough time, and he will have played enough matches as long as he's still fit um, to be to be you know fighting fit and raring to go for England. So yeah, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't be part of that tour. Um, I certainly don't think he's the sort of person that you. I know I mentioned about you know resting guys that are kind of guaranteed their position, but I think because of the way things have fallen for him with injuries, I think you have to take him. And I think that would be great for the team, as I was saying. I think it will lift it will lift the guys around him. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So so here's, here's a question as a English rugby fan as a whole on the wider on the wider part, not necessarily just looking at the England team. Saracens have Leinster in the quarterfinals of the European Cup this weekend. Do you want Saracens to win this? Because if they win because obviously they're they you know they're going to be playing their best players using them. If they win, you're potentially uh, giving those guys a lot more physical, a lot more cutting edge rugby. Whereas if they lose, there's an argument, it may, you know, it may give them a bit of ease. So, hmm. do you want them to win? I still do. I, I think, still want them. To yeah, win. I think I think winning breeds winning, and I think you have to, you have to, you know, I think yeah, you know, England England have had a pretty bad run. You know, in the Premiership, as in Premiership sides, you know, had had went through a phase of of you know performing quite badly. Um, I think winning breeds winning, and I think yeah, if you, you know, with with so many kind of key players coming from teams like Saris, I think it it would be good for them. It would be good for England for them to be winning back and winning form and, and winning competitions, and I think that will put them in the right the right mindset for England. So I'm going to say win. Yes, no, I I agree, I agree, um, and it was, and I know we covered this briefly earlier, but I, I still want to go on it. it. It was a bit weird, wasn't it, the fact that these England players who we were saying, you know, a few weeks back, looked tired, looked lethargic, looked so energised this weekend. The likes of Marrow, the likes of um, even Elliot Daly got a couple of tries, and. It, it, I found it quite weird that it, I mean, does, you know, a few weeks before they'd looked a bit tired, a bit lethargic, and then suddenly they're bouncing all over the place, Marrow again at the rucks, sort of shouting. I just found it a bit strange. Well, so so two things. One is that part, in in part, a reaction to the media kind of deluge that you know about how all the England players were tired and, and needed to rest. Uh, quite possibly, um, yeah. and, and also, you know, does this highlight the difference? Between club and country, in terms of the uh, intensity, you know, pe- people talk about it a lot. Um, we watch on TV, and it doesn't seem, ma- you know, hugely different. But actually, you hear you hear in interviews and things that it's a massive step up from club to country. Uh, and you know, the Six Nations is is one of the toughest competitions in the world, so if not the toughest competition. So, I, I really hope that's not the case, because otherwise. By its nature, that's almost saying that perhaps these guys aren't able to handle. Well, which we know is not true. Well, because they, of what they, they've done well, previously. No, I think they weren't able to handle it on this occasion. I don't think that means that yeah. they can't. You know, they can't in the future if they can get their their mindset right and they can get their their game plan right. But um, but but yeah, I, I wonder if it's just that in terms of the the, the tiredness. You know, they are tight. These guys have played a lot of rugby. They've played a lot more than their counterparts in Ireland and Wales and Scotland. Um, and is that one of the reasons why, for England, you know, in a Six Nations competition, by the end, they were looking tired, they were looking lethargic, they were looking just a little bit low? 
then you get this this kind of media storm. Then they're back for club where they are, you know, standout players in a in a much less intensive environment environment, um, and therefore they're able to kind of bring that extra bit of energy. Or, or did Maratoje do that? You know, walk into the changing room, shut the door, and pass out. Yeah, yeah, quite. Because he, um, he, he did a bit of a mock. I, 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 people say it was aimed at Clive Woodward, whether it was necessarily aimed at him. But when he, he scored his, uh, scored his try, he did his little celebration, pretending to be asleep, didn't he? Uh-huh. He's, a, he's a cheeky one, that Marrow, isn't he? Cheeky um, so and so. He really is. But no, he did and mocked it. But. Do you know what? I like that. Yeah, fair enough. I, I like the fact that they can sort of laugh it off. Laugh Clive, and Clive it. Woodward will be, will be, would, would be absolutely over the moon to, to think oh, that no something he'd said had caused them all to, you know, find an extra spark and, and turn things around. Um, and, you know, maybe things like that's what they need. Um, I'm sure that they are physically tired. That doesn't mean that the adrenaline can't get them up for it. It does question why did the, why was the adrenaline not there for the England games, but... You know, we're never going to be able to answer that. So all we can do now is hope that they can, uh, you know, get the rest that they need and, and kind of come back stronger um, and just with, with more energy, you know, both mental and physical, I think. And that, that's because I think it's the mental energy that we that they appeared to be lacking. Um, you know, they yes. lasted the 80 minutes, yeah. but there was just something that didn't seem there. And, you know, again, it's, you know, losing, you know, if you get into the habit of winning, and particularly if you get into the habit of winning fairly comfortably, I mean, we talked about close matches where we never felt England were going to lose. You know, watching the games, we were like, yeah, we kind of always knew we were going to win, even though we won by three points, you know, and, and we did it from behind in the last five minutes. We still, do you know what I mean? Whereas it's slightly different where yeah, I think sure. you're almost feeling like we're not going to do this. Yeah, there was a, there was a real shift, wasn't there? And it's something we'd sort of mentioned before. Um yeah, there was that proper shift where, it was, like we said, with Six Nations before, you know, when we were behind against France, against Wales, was sort of five, ten minutes ago, whatever it was, it, there was still, yeah, exactly that. You were thinking, yeah, we'll still win this, we'll still win this. And then this year, it was just like, no, nah, I, I, I don't think we will. I think we've let this one go. Yeah. Um, and we need to shift it back, shift it back on the other axis, which... I'm, I'm sure we'll be doing. And, and actually, over the next um, couple of weeks, it's something that... I, I want us to do on this is to really have a look at um I mean I mean this week is obviously Europe so there's a bit of a break premiership but really start looking at um which players which up and coming players do we want to see go to South Africa the likes of you know not even the sort of Cowan Dickie Armands because they've been involved but perhaps the likes of the Dan Robsons or or whoever it may be yeah well um, what, I'll tell you what, why why don't we uh why don't we make a why don't we put together a touring squad, a predicted touring squad for for Ooh. next week's episode, um, which will be not not well maybe not predicted the one we want to see basically, um, you know who we want to see out there. So that's that's which of the the current crop, you know, and and who from the sort of the up and comers, and if there are any others sort of on the fringes um, that we'd like to see out there, um, and obviously that will inevitably highlight who we think should be rested, um, and obviously guys listening, please let us know. You know, just just. Tweet us the names of players that you think should be on the tour, um, and we'll put yeah. together, you know, the the sort of the the England rugby pod uh, version of the touring squad. And, and when, when the time comes, I don't know when the announcement will will come. We've obviously got a few months, um, but uh, once we know, obviously what it what it actually is going to look like, we can have a look and see how things have changed. And um, obviously, we'll we'll keep an eye on 
we'll keep an eye on the players and how they're performing and that that whole tiredness thing. We'll we'll see how that's. Uh, you know, I just I wonder whether Marrow is thinking I want to go on tour. You know, I don't want to I don't want to end my my international season with three losses. Um, and so he's kind of putting on this. I've got the energy. Take me, take me on tour. I, I suspect there's a, a competitive sportsman's bit to all the England players that have that in their head a bit. Like I want to go on this tour, but I suspect if that decision is taken away from them, but that's good. And that, but that flips us them. right back to the beginning, where you were, where you quoted Johnny Wilkinson as saying that uh, the difference was that they all wanted to be part of the squad. And you know, if you got Maratoni, yeah, but the difference there is I heard it from Johnny Wilkinson's mouth. I haven't heard it from any of these guys' mouths yet. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is Ugo Monye said it, and therefore it's not true. Uh, I, don't know, I, don't why, I don't know why you go. I don't mean you guys said anything about this, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I meant that. I reckon there'll be a bit, a bit, a bit. <laughs> he, I hope I don't bump into him. He's going to kick my ass. Um, I think there's what one thing that um, I think there'll be a part of them. Yeah, of course, that competitive side, that professional sportsman side of them, will want them to go on the tour. But I think there'd also be a part of them that if it's taken out of them, there'd be a fair amount of relief. They'd be a bit like, do you know what? Yeah, it's a shame I'm missing out. But actually, I now have a complete summer off. I can just chill. I can do a proper pre-season without killing myself. Because don't forget, the pre-season itself is quite nice because they ease back into it. Whereas a lot of these guys, if they go on tour, yes, they come back and they still get a bit of time off. You, you know, but not in the same way. And then as soon as they come back, it's it's back to full on sort of rugby again. Whereas if you do a pre-season, from what I understand, it's still a sort of, you know, Monday to Friday, you still get your weekends off. You're easing back into things a lot more gently. You're building up and yeah. you're sort of mentally preparing yourself a lot more. Whereas if you're on a tour, you go away, get a bit of time off, then you're back in, you know, 100% full throttle from the start. So... You, you know, if these guys have that chance, have that break, ease themselves back in, I think I think that will be something that they'll quite enjoy as well. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I th- I'm thinking I, you're right. It's it's something though that I think they need to be needs to be forced on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I think it's, but I but I like it. I think it's good if if that is the case. If if Marrow is kind of fighting to to be taken on tour. I don't think he should go, but I think it's the right attitude to have. And maybe he's looked back at the Six Nations and just gone, yeah, there was something missing. And having taken a break and, and being able to sort of digest it all, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, why why was I not more fired up for it? Give me a chance. Let me get out there again. And whilst I don't think we need to see him in South Africa in order for him to be a part of this, well, I know we don't, um, in order for him to be part of this England squad, I think it's good that he wants to. Yeah, I, I just want to be clear. I don't know for a fact that he wants to go. I'm saying what I'd imagine he's saying. Mara and I aren't talking at the moment. We had, we had a fallout. He knows what he did. Um, so when I say the sportsman side of him will want to go on that, that's me speculating. I, I don't know this. I'm not saying anyone said this or Marrow said that. So let's not quote me and say this is gospel. Fair enough. Well, I think, is is there anything else? That we want to cover this week, uh, we've probably probably done a fairly good job. No, no, no. I, I, I think that's I think that's okay for this week. I think that's okay for now. Good. 
All right, guys. Well, thanks uh, again for listening to us. Hopefully, you're on the same page as us. Let us know if you're not <laughs> at England Rugby Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and obviously, yeah, keep listening. Um, get the names over to us, the people you want to see uh, going on tour to South Africa, um, and uh, and we can we can cover that next week. Um, and obviously, if you get the chance, please get onto iTunes, uh, rate us, review us, let us know what you think, um, spread the love, share the love, whatever. Uh, with friends and family, <clears throat> we're also on Acast. Um, and I think we're in, we're also on Spotify. So if you're just uh, listening to your music and fancy something different, you can uh, you can check us out on Spotify too. And, uh, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>